five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Yeah, the great blind faith. Can't find my way home. Um, one and done kind of super group there with uh, Steve Winwood keyboards, the great Ginger Baker on drums, the reclusive Eric Clapton on guitar, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was Rick Gretsch on bass. One and done. Blind Faith and um, great song. I love Steve Winwood. I think Steve Winwood is really underrated. I love Traffic. I thought Traffic was great. You know, the low spark of high heel boys, just completely stony, you know, spacey, jazzy, improvisational stuff. Um, and I love Winwood's voice. He was he was really struggling with some of those notes there, but um, he met the challenge with heroic uh, results in a lot of ways. So here we are in Pisces as the uh, astrological year is winding down. And uh, the song is kind of a fitting theme. You know, we can't find our my way home. What is home? What is home in a, in a world where People feel more dislocated and more disassociated than than ever before in a lot of ways. You know, where, where is home? If you have a home, you should probably be pretty grateful that you have a home, even if you're renting. And you're able to afford the rent for now, right? Because there are a lot of people out there who really struggle with um, not having a home for whatever reason. I rejected having a home for a while. I, the entire 80, 90s, I mean, I had a home, but I wasn't paying for a home. I wasn't even paying rent. So, yeah, I started to uh, manage it. You guys know the story. I managed an apartment building in Oakland for four years. So part of the deal was I got my rent, right, for managing this building. Trust me. What 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 I had to put into that job uh, in a lot of ways far exceeded the, the the rent that i was getting but that's another story and then after that i i lived uh, i lived in my van for a little bit um i had a girlfriend that i was living with for a little while and then i moved into a warehouse until the end of the 90s so home for me was a very different kind of uh, very different kind of base of operation so here I am now in the heart of Texas, and 
And I've been a lot more, I wouldn't use the word sedentary, but I've had a lot more of uh, being grounded since I've been here in a lot of ways. And I think that has a lot to do with the geography and the landscape of just where I live. I mean, even though Texas has kind of a history in some ways of drifters, um, certainly in Austin uh, during the 70s and the 80s, you know, the whole keep Austin weird scene and vibe and musicians who would float through town. There was a very kind of, you know, fluid kind of population in Austin that made it easy for musicians to kind of move in and out. But by and large, I, Texas is not a place really where you really want to be homeless, I'll be honest with you. Because in the summertime, it's fucking hot as hell here. You really don't want to be outside and you know, dealing with the elements on a daily basis. So it, it kind of forces people to like, you know, how do I how do I find shelter and get some air conditioning? And even in the wintertime, depending on where you are, especially in the northern part of the state, where it can get very cold. It's another, you know, you don't you don't really want to be homeless. Although I will say that um Austin has embraced the concept of being homeless in a way that's not really all that uh, healthy or conducive to the population at large. All right, welcome to the show. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Flame. Um, I don't know why I chose this background, to be perfectly honest with you. I wanted to have something with a crowd. And all the crowd photos I found, I wasn't really digging. But then I saw this, and I'm like, well, this is kind of interesting. It's a crowd. It's kind of monochromatic. Um, you know, they're sort of going about their business. They got their heads and their cell phones. This is from Japan, by the way. Shout out to Masaki. Um, let's talk about true hemp science. We got a lot. We got a lot to cover today. We got a lot, a lot to uncover. And uh, I am definitely on a on a on a schedule. All right, little true hem science. I talked about it on astro uh, astro weather, and this is the visual that many of you are familiar with. And um, if you're interested in CBD, this is your source. Go right to the source. True hem science. My friend Chris has been doing this for a while now, and he is always in the laboratory tinkering and perfect. I can tell you that. I can tell you how much his um, elixirs have evolved because I was one of the early guinea pigs. I mean, he would send me stuff in the mail. And, it, and I'll be honest with you, like the early stuff that he would send me it tasted like um, kind of like lawn cuttings um, in, in my uh, Insta bullet with uh, a few other things mixed in. And they're very potent, very potent, but um, also kind of not easy to get down. 
that was back in the old days. He has perfected and refined the process. And even his um, more, what I would call more herbaceous blends um, have been refined. So you're still getting that kind of pungent um, hemp source like on your tongue, but it's not so overwhelming where it's like, you know, I just ate the plant, right? So he's really, really got very good at finding the sweet spot between uh, potency and um, taste. So there's all kinds of products here uh, for your inflammation needs, for your sleep needs, for your pet needs. There's topicals with salves. Um, and there's he, he has a great uh, fulvic acid that he does as well. So uh, plenty of good stuff here. If you spend $100, just use the uh, code word 15MINS, 15MINS, and um, you'll get free product. And I and I talked about this on Astro Weather. It's like, yeah, you could go to the website and just buy stuff. But why would you get free product? Why wouldn't you get the goodie bag? So that's your incentive to get the goodie bag. 15MINS, $150 more. That gets you free shipping. True hemp science. All right, we're going to kind of return to the scene of the crime from yesterday where we looked at um, what is happening with our financial system and uh, the infiltration of our, not just our financial system, but our, but our governance. Before I go there, I want to, there's something I wanted to bring up. I'm going to go into chat. We're going to bring you to chat. So this morning, I was going to the bathroom. And I looked over at the toilet paper. And I noticed something about the toilet paper that I hadn't noticed until this morning. And, and I just wanted to share it with you. It's, it was just like a little notice. But this is... Obviously, a roll of toilet paper. Do you do you, do you notice anything different about this? I do. It's small. This is not the same size of a toilet paper roll that you used to get. I'm just. It was just a notice. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll charge you the same, or maybe just a little bit more for the same packaging amount. But oh. Look at the size of the toilet paper. Like it is getting dangerously thin. Not in terms of the ply. The ply is still the same. But the width, look how this is this is some skinny toilet paper. So I thought to myself, this is a metaphor, right? This is a metaphor for our time. The thing that we depend upon the most is getting smaller by by the uh by the month like how small can they get this thing can they get it to I, I mean i think this is about it right it's about as as small in the width as you can get if you get any smaller you, you just may as well use your left hand 
if you know what I'm saying, or you're writing, depending upon your orientation. Does anybody else notice this? About how small these little fuckers are getting? I could try to channel, try to uh, incorporate some kind of uh, Uranus joke, but I'm not. I'm not that cheap. Okay, let's uh, get into chat. Let's see who's here. Uh, we got my man, DJMC, Chattahoochee. Take me to the river, drop me in the water, push me in the river, dip me in the water, washing me down, washing me. Great song. Take me to the river. Mm -mm. Kelly B, born back at you. There's my man, Steve. Thor's day. Always a pleasure to have Thor at the door. Uh, we had a we had a Tom sighting. He was he was shoveling snow yesterday. Crossfire cat in the house. Sony apparently Sony started a community down in Guatemala. Her and Doctor Sevi. Is that where Doctor Sevi was? Where was he? You guys know Doctor Sevi, right? Lisa left eye lobes died down there. All right, who else, who else do we have? Um, sea Pines, what's happening? Sea Pines, we see there's Capria. How you doing, Capria? Good to see you again. Uh, let's see, Fran, the fantastic one. I tried to find SVB videos. There was no, it, okay. It was um, SBY, SBNY. That was, that's that, they, they were the cults. And I, and I, I kind of gave up the chase yesterday. I know, I know they're out there. Um, but thank you for your efforts. Hucklebuck411 checking in. Harriet Bowie. Traffic. That was a pre-traffic incarnation. I love traffic. They were great. They were so great. Stony and great. Um, let's see. Tom's having some issues with BoxCast. Hope that uh, resolves itself. Miss Nakia, she's here. Uh, I think one of my favorite bands, Diggs, is influenced by Traffic. They had Little Feet at camp last summer. So, yeah, I like Little Feet. Little George was a character. Steve Winwood is... Even the solo stuff, Ark of a Diver, such a good album. Father Time, greetings. Allow, uh, all cow blood is adrenalized. So no surprises about Peachy's behavior. You see beef eaters are knowingly adrenochrome junkies. That's why in the slaughterhouse, they line them up. Yeah, I mean, they're all adrenaline. But there, I think there's different levels of, of adrenalization. So I am justifying my, my beef consumption. Um, and I'm, I, I'm about to pick up half of a cow tomorrow. But it's a very different operation in terms of um, how it's raised um, and then how it's processed. So um, I don't have any guilt about it. But yeah, but I also think just blood in general, right? It's rich in life force, adrenalized or not. Like it's life force. But I, I agree with you, especially in the slaughterhouse. Uh, SP Dimples checking in. What's going on, Sveta? Good to see you. It was good to uh, see you in uh, the uh, town hall. 
the town square on Saturday. Sorry for the darkness and delight. It's all good, Father Time. Lisa W is here. Can some please post the box cast link here? Father Time would give it to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we had a um, a woman on our show or on my show. What was it about uh, two years ago? Um, Rosanna and Rosanna uh, rescued horses and she actually talked about what you were talking about father time which was how they would whip these horses into like just an absolute state of uh, fear and panic and then again uh, triggering the adrenal response and then and then slaughtering horses and then that meat was like a really big deal really big deal on kind of the meat black market so it happens uh winwood's a taurus yes he is a taurus see you like that uh that high life sea of joys a great blind faith song beth barry what's happening beth oh we got st patrick's day don't we this weekend It's the one. It's the one day out of the year where theoretical white people are allowed to celebrate, but it's also connected to absolute drunkenness and um, depraved behavior. Yeah, you get one day, and you're going to get shit faced, and you're going to make a fool of yourself. Home free, as free as the wind blows, as free as the grass grows. Home free to follow your heart. Isn't that born free? I like it, though. It works. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Lena in the house. Born back at you. There are scorpions here. I've seen dead ones and live ones. And I used to crush them. Have you ever tried to crush a scorpion? Fucking hard. But it's hard. They're shells. They're, they're, those things are built for survival. So I crushed one. It took me, it took some effort. And after that, I decided not to crush them. So now I'm a catch and release guy when it comes to the scorpions. Definitely catch and release. Scrubbies checking in. And name checking everybody. I love that. Uh, let's see who else do we have here. Hanging laundry, going on a walk. That's good. Walking's good for you. This Scorpio is very thankful for her hidey hole. <laughs> uh, let's see. By the way, thank you all for your prayers. My aunt passes peacefully. Last evening with family around sad, of course. However, reminder, we have only so much time to accomplish our goals. Amen, Steve. Amen. Today is Craig's, a.k.a. Tall Doctor Guy birthday. All right, Craig, Tall Doctor Guy, happy birthday. Prayers are in the air. Gentle ending condolences, yes. Uh, let's see, who else do we have here? Definitely shrinkflation, right? Father time, geez. How much smaller can they make it? 
lesser roles in the package. I haven't noticed that yet, but I'm sure I will once I pay attention to it. Chattahoochee, can't wait till I have to floss my ass. Oh my God, that's funny. That is really funny. Equa checks in like the old coin clipping grift. It's what companies do all the time. My Lipton tea bottles that I get on the road for travel. Bottle looks the same, but it's two ounces less, 1.5 inches in size somewhere. Same with fun size candy, small. Yep. Uh, Hucklebuck, noticing dog biscuits are thinner. No, no, I'm not that much of a Virgo, SP. Not that much of a Virgo. Uh, Timothy Hartful, you can get a bidet conversion. I'm, I'm leaning in that direction, actually. I'm definitely, actually, I guess I would be squatting in that direction. I've gone to Amazon. I've actually looked at the equipment. I have no, I have, why, no, why no, I have feeling cash will be the toilet paper of 2023. Yeah. Bo, you might be onto something there. Yes, Sebi is the mucus less fellow. I think, yes, he is. He's, I think he's also a Pisces. I looked at him for a chart of the day, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, SP Dimples checking in. Everything is smaller nowadays. I work with inflation measurements. And that's, uh, I think she meant to say one way, but one day to hide it for sure. I'll editorialize for you a little bit, Sveta. I think that's what you were meaning to say. Dixie Chicken, oh, has the first word been canceled yet? Theoretically, but I guess not. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? If you don't wear your green, a pinch will be seen. Mark M., what's going on, brother? Good to see you. Craig's listening with me. Oh, good. Happy birthday back at you, Craig. Uh, today is St. Urho's Day. St. Patty's Day for the Finnish people. Wear purple, wear purple and gold. All right. So if you've seen if you have seen the uh, thumbnail for the show. You know what I'm talking about. Let me just go here for a second. Okay, so this guy, and I use the term um, with quotes, guy with quotes. This switch hitter runs fucking Credit Suisse. Okay? He runs Credit Suisse. When I see this, right, okay, and by the way, Credit Suisse, one of the major financial players in the world, is way down. And they're, they're, they're now tracing everything back to um, SVB, right? 
the, 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 the toxic assets. It's kind of like what happened to Greece back in 2009 when Greece took on, you know, I mean, basically they're offloading all, all these negative amortized um, toxic loans that they had all bought up, right, in the lead up to the big short. They had to dump them somewhere. And they basically conned Greece into taking all these fucking things. And so when everything went south, and because all these other countries in Europe, particularly Germany, had, had lent Greece all this money to kind of stay afloat. I mean, what does Greece do? You got olives, you got some fishing, you got tourism. In the modern world, it's probably not enough to stay afloat. So they took on debt from other countries, or they took on loans from other countries. And then they, they gobbled up the toxic mortgage loan package. It winds up, it washes ashore in Greece. And what happens? It metastasizes and goes into the system, goes into the entire European Union system because of all the relationships with borrowing and the debt to Greece and, and Greece is insolvent. So it trickles back into the into the uh, into the continent. Um, and a lot of text here. Anyway, um, and so. SVB has been set up like that, right? SVB has been set up to metastasize because of the fiduciary relationships it had with all these other lending institutions and how everything is kind of locked in like an octopus, right? And Credit Suisse being one of them. But I look at this guy, and so I got a lot of questions here. A lot of questions. First of all, um, is this guy like a female impersonator pretending to be uh, the CEO of Credit Suisse? I mean, seriously. Or is he somebody that has, you know, this... Um, kind of elite um, glitch in their system, which they have to like live out, right? I mean, I don't, and, and, and maybe he has some um, financial training. You know, maybe he has the, the uh, economic bona fides. And he just so happens to be a cross-dresser. But I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we could go to his Wikipedia page and look at his CV. I think a lot of these CVs are, are bullshit anyway. So essentially, um, you got Caitlyn Jenner running one of the most powerful banks in the world. And, it, and I didn't see this yesterday. And yet, this is what we talked about. 
Don't you feel good about being tolerant and uh, accepting around uh, gender identity and lifestyle choices? Oh, it's not a lifestyle choice. No, they have no choice in the matter. They're biologically driven at birth to do this. It's also interesting that um, our friend here is wearing a red dress. The red dress is symbolic of the whore of Babylon. Did you catch Rihanna at the Super Bowl? Red. There have been a lot of women wearing red dresses lately. Just saying. A lot of women wearing red dresses. In this case, you got a dude wearing a red dress. Let's face it, he's a dude. I, I, I find this really interesting. The Swiss, by and large, are very, very conservative people, right? They're very conservative. They're very nationalistic. Who is texting me? Oh, God. Hold on a second. I got to, I got to, I got to. Texas person, give me one second. Because the and I don't even have the uh, the phone on. Okay. The Swiss are very nationalistic. Very very nationalistic. I remember watching this movie um, by this guy, Nino Manfredi, who was a very funny Italian actor and comedian. I think the movie, if I'm not mistaken, is called Bread and Chocolate. And he's somebody from Northern Italy. And he winds up um, going to Switzerland because, you know, he can't find work or uh, he can't, you know, he's not making it in Northern Italy. And, and so he goes through this makeover and he dyes his hair blonde and pretends to be Swiss. Um, and he's what he's trying to do is he's trying to show the inherent um, kind of classism and uh, to some, I wouldn't call it racism, but classism and even nationalism that the Swiss are capable of. It's a very funny movie, but it's also in a lot of ways very sad. And there's this one scene in the movie where, you know, he's dyed his hair blonde and he's looking as Swiss as possible. And he's uh, at a pub and they're watching a soccer match and it's Switzerland versus Italy. And um, Italy scores a goal and he jumps, he, he forgets that that he's impersonating um Somebody from Switzerland. It's not a Swede. You would call them a Swede. What would you call them? A Swede? And he jumps up and he and and like his cover's blown. His cover's totally blown. And they all look at him like, who the fuck are you? What are you doing here? Then he realizes, oh shit. 
So the to me that represents a portrait of the Swiss, and I could be wrong. And we know that Davos is there. You you have the you know the um, fortress of solitude, where Davos is at I think the highest point in Europe. You know it's the eagle's nest of Europe. It's actually more like the I don't know the viper's nest of Europe, but. So you have this very internationalist organization in Switzerland. But the people, I think, in Switzerland tend to be very conservative and very kind of nationalistic. So what I'm just thinking here, you, you've got the, the board of Credit Suisse, and there's got to be like, like old money and old guard, and they're dealing with this guy. Like, how does that fit? I'm just curious how that fits the Swiss narrative. Okay, now, 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 I, I'm I'm kind of intrigued by this guy's background. Let's let's go a little bit deeper here. Uh, let's see. Okay, so let me do this. Um, outrage is male bank director who sometimes wears dresses. Let's see if this is it. Yeah, this is the same guy. Transform the Credit Suisse director, known as Pippa and Philip. Pips Bunce and Philip, right? This is some Mars and Gemini shit right here. So there's Pips. And there's Philip from around the age of four. I knew it felt slightly different. All right, let me see if we can find some. Uh, what's his name? Philip. I just want to know what this guy's background is. Here's a Facebook post. Credit Suisse. Somebody basically says, I closed my account with Credit Suisse over this BS. Never thought my own bank would insult female clients so openly. Congratulations to Pips Bunce. Being listed as one of the top 100 female executives in the 2018 FT and Heroes champions. I am truly humbled. I'm truly honored and humbled by this award. And I'm proud of the progress we are making towards all forms of gender, diversity, and equality. Meanwhile, your fucking bank is going down in flames. Yeah, we're, I'm sure your investors are proud of you too. I mean, let's face it, he's not the only one in charge here, but it's not a good look for uh, 
Credit Suisse in general. Let me see if I can, I want to find some more background on this guy. Come on, you know, fucking locked into Facebook. Pardon me, I've been, I've been swearing more lately. Um, what's his name? Philip Bunce? Does he share the same name with, with Pips? Do they share the same last name? Yes, it did mean Philip Bunce. Oh, this is, all right, here we go. We got the Wikipedia page. It's under Pips. Let's read this. Pippa Pips Bunce, born Philip Bunce, is a British banking executive. There you go. Not even Swiss. Bunce, who is non-binary and gender fluid, is senior director at Credit Suisse. They serve as head of the Global Markets Core Engineering Strategic Programs uh, and as the co-chair of the LGBT Ally Program at Credit Suisse. In 2018, Bunce was awarded one of the top 100 women in business by the Financial Times. They were also listed on the Financial Times and out, that's O-U-T, standing LGBT and ally executive list. They were including in the top 100 inspiring leaders at the Brit just because they get a fucking award and a medal somehow that uh, commemorates and qualifies them as being someone of note. Bunce received a British Diversity Award. These things mean nothing. They mean nothing. They're, they're, he, she, he is not receiving any awards based on their performance. Did, did they make Credit Suisse more profitable? Did they make Credit Suisse uh, more innovative? And I'm not talking about on the personal front or the personnel front. I'm talking about in terms of systems and technology. No, none of that. He's, he's basically getting what kids that played Little League in the 90s got. A trophy for finishing last. Bruce is Senior Director of Credit Suisse, serving as head of the Global Markets Core Engineering Strategic Programs. They, see the pronoun, they also serve as co-chair of Credit Suisse's LGBT ally program, organizing diversity and inclusion activities, producing educational resources on LGBT inclusivity in the workplace. And here we have a, re a restatement of all the awards. We've already seen this. They're restating it. And he's a member of St. George's House. He's a graduate of Anglia Ruskin University. They identify as gender fluid and uses feminine gender neutral pronouns. In an interview with Financial Times, Bruce said they knew they were different since the age of four, and they waited until their career at Credit Suisse was established before publicly coming out. He's married, and he has two children. Okay. It doesn't say what his birthday is. So the question is, 
All right, here's so this guy probably has very little to do, very little to do with the actual um, economics of Credit Suisse. That's what I'm that's what I'm kind of getting here. The head of global markets core engineering strategic programs. I guess that's developing relationships. Unless, of course, <clears throat> one of these strategic programs that he was um, engineering was the relationship with SVB. It sounds like one of those positions that people used to give themselves back in the early days of dot-com. They used to work with a guy whose title was um, Director of Possibilities. <laughs> That's what his title was. Director of Possibilities. I kind of like, he was a cool guy. I'm not going to miss him too much. But people gave themselves titles like that. Head of Global Markets, Core Engineering, Strategic Programs. Who knows? Maybe this guy is a demolition guy, gal, they, demolition person. It's a dude. He's a demolition dude. Then on the other hand, he serves as the co-chair of Credit Suisse's LGBT ally program. Like all these companies have this now. They have to have it. They have to have it. The whole LGBTQIA plus has become the new civil rights hot button. If you don't have it, you're going to be in trouble. It, it's it's they're trying to equate this thing with making sure that you hire a, a quote unquote so-called minority. And I got to say, man, if I was black, I would be pissed at this shit. I'd be really, really pissed. It'd be like, what the fuck are you people doing now? You're 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 basically, you know, usurping our place in the, in the food chain here, right? Now all of a sudden, your civil rights are superseding everybody else's, including ours, and you're playing the gender card on top of the race card. Like, hold on here, hold my hold my beer. I mean, it just, I would be pissed in general. I mean, because, you know, I do think that some people have a bone to pick in across the bear in the race world. There are some people who have been through a lot of shit because of the color of their skin, okay? I'm just saying, right? They've been through shit. And a lot of the people who've been through shit for the color of their skin have come out the other side and they're like, you know what? I've been through a lot. At the end of the day, that's not going to define me. What's going to define me is what I'm able to accomplish, how I treat other people. And in some cases, if they're religious, my relationship with God and their Lord and Savior. I've heard this many times. Tune into Jason Whitlock. You'll hear it multiple times over the course of this show. So there are people that transcend even the most heinous kinds of attributions and even retributions. So, yeah, I think some people could have a real bone to pick and a cross to bear in that world. 
they were born that way, right? And they have to go through whatever they have to go through. On the other hand, you have this new wave of um, people who are suffering social injustice. And there's, and by the way, this guy's making a shit ton of money. He's making a shit ton of money. And we're now supposed to carve out part of our hearts for this guy, for Dil Dylan Mulvaney, for um, uh, Richard, I always forget his last name. It's Rachel, but Richard, who is second in command uh, uh, in terms of the uh, uh, Surgeon General. I kind of blocked that person out of my head. Now, all of a sudden, we, we need to move these people to the top of the pyramid. And whether or not he is responsible for what's going on with Credit Suisse, he's become the face of it, for better or worse. So I just wanted to address that a little bit. Uh, speaking of Dylan Mulvaney, and we're going to get on to some other stuff today. Dylan Mulvaney was on the Drew Barrymore show. I don't know if you saw this. Let me show you this picture. Drew Barrymore is virtue signaling Dylan Mulvaney taking the knee. Now remember, um, Drew Barrymore was the star of what was that show? about Santa Clarita, the Santa Clarita diet. This, uh, Father Time, this gets back to your, your whole um, adrenaline comment earlier on. It, it, was, it was one of those TV series where they were just shoving it in your face or our face. And what happens is she's a real estate agent in Santa Clarita and she dies, but somehow her family figures out that if they give her blood, she'll stay alive. And that the whole series is based on the premise of her and her family plotting to kill people who deserve to die so they can keep their mother alive. That's how low Drew Barrymore stooped. And notice the color of Dylan Mulvaney's dress. Red. They're telling you. They're telling you. From Pippa Bunce to Dylan Mulvaney to Rihanna, right, to even, what's her name? Cat, uh, what's her name, who was 
at was it that the Golden Globes or Fashion Week or whatever, and she was literally wearing this red blood suit. It's disgusting. They're telling you. And I think what they're what they're really like making this commentary about symbolically is that the whore of Babylon is trans. And I don't think Dylan Mulvaney snipped his uh, package. He's probably just taking the hormones just so he can get that flutter and wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a follow-up to yesterday's show, but I had to bring that guy up. So he may not be responsible for what's happening at Credit Suisse, but he's now become the face of Credit Suisse. He may not be responsible for moving around the zeros and the ones or um, establishing the relationship between Credit Suisse and SVB. Although maybe he's, you know, the strategic core of international financial um, relationship and incubation building, whatever the fuck that is. We, So I found this video yesterday. Let me see if I can find it again. Found this video and I'm gonna, I should have saved it. Uh, here it is, I found it, look at that. Okay, so I want you to give me your um but i cannot hold on i want you, you so in chat because you guys are really active i love I, and i'm going to go back in and i'm going to look at your your comments around this maybe some of you have seen this but i'm going to play this and, and i want you to tell me if you think that the voice that you're going to hear is joe biden's okay So the uh, decode, my decoder Logan says on May 19th that it's over. So this is this is the uh, this is the dirt. This is the skinny. Tell me what you think. I have an audio clip I want to share with you guys, but I cannot. Uh, validate the authenticity of this audio. It's supposed to be Joe Biden talking about the collapse in private before he went uh, and had his press conference a little bit ago. I found this on Freedom Can't Breathe on Instagram's page. I asked her where she found it. It was off of a uh, Zero Hedge Twitter uh, thread. I went there. I didn't see it myself. It could be in the comments, but here it is. Tell me what you think and let me know if you can authenticate. It's like all the money is gone. Collapse, a collapse, flapper, uh, a collapse is imminent. But we have to, we have to, uh, we have to uh, stay calm and think of ways to vent, uh, vent, vent, um, prevent a bank, uh, bank run, so we can get ours. Let's ensure that all banks are walking, flocking, um, talking with each other, and sharing information in real time using the back channels we set up in October. And let's use the full force of the media to calm the public and to assure them that their deposits are safe. We may not be able to prevent a collapse, but if we work together, we can limit 
the fallout for us and preserve the continuity of government. Now, if that's real, that is a bombshell. But again, I cannot validate the authenticity. I'm going to play it again. And you guys tell me what you think. Is that Biden's voice? Is it a deep fake? One more time. I want to share with you guys, but I cannot uh, validate the authenticity of this audio. It's supposed to be Joe Biden talking about the collapse in private before he went uh, and had his press conference a little bit ago. I found this on Freedom Can't Breathe on Instagram's page. I asked her where she found it. It was off of a uh, Zero Hedge Twitter uh, thread. I went there. I didn't see it myself. It could be in the comments, but here it is. Tell me what you think and let me know if you can authenticate. Like all the money's gone and a lapse, a flash, flupper, uh, a collapse is imminent. But we have to, we have to, uh, we have to uh, stay calm and think of ways to vent, uh, vent, vent, um, prevent a bank, a uh, bank run, so we can get ours. Let's ensure that all banks are walking, flocking, um, talking with each other, and sharing information in real time using the back channels we set up in October. And let's use the full force of the media to calm the public and to assure them that their deposits are safe. We may not be able to prevent a collapse, but if we work together, we can limit the fallout for us and preserve the continuity of government. Now, if that's real, that is a Okay. It's interesting that he used the word flock. It's very interesting to use the word flock. Uh, like as in sheep. Flocking, walking, talking. What do you guys think? Let me go to chat here. I'd love to hear what you what you think about that about that video. Let me get down towards the end here. Let me see what we got. Um, I think the real to real tape is is just uh, a. Um, I think I think it's just a visual, though. I think it's just a visual. Let's see. France is not Biden. Lisa, I heard this yesterday, wasn't so sure. I think he's just the rule decoder. Didn't Levine, oh, thank you, Rachel Levine, I always forget the name, play football General Miley in high school? I don't know. That would be weird. Um, let's see. Beth Berry says, I don't think it was him. I almost heard a slight Texan accent. Uh, Deanna says, speaks too clearly to be Biden, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the real to real is just a visual, Bo. Deep fake, it's too cognizant, articulate. It was way too coherent. Kelly says it sounds like him, but not really. Who knows? Um, Scrubby says, similar sound to Joe, but seems like the verbiage is too fluent for him. Uh, Michael brings up a really point. It's probably from 2008. Michael, that's a really good point. Um, harder than ever to separate truth from fiction. Yes. Lisa W says, I don't think it's authentic. Chattahoochee says fake. That tape is all, all over Twitter. It is all over Twitter. But I just thought I'd play it. Not everybody's heard it. Father Time says, sounds mentally dysfunctional like uh, Biden. 
there will not be a collapse or bank run here. Look to Europe first. That is what Powell is doing. Uh, oops, was cut off. Description continues. Heard that tape over last weekend. There you go. You guys are on it. Not a fluid sense, but definitely better than Biden. Not Biden. Too weird. How many iterations of Biden are there now? So Levine and Miley did play football together. That is bizarre. That is really bizarre. Okay, so the general consensus is that, um, that it's not Biden, based on you guys. Okay. That's why I played it, and that's why I'm interacting with you. The show is interactive. And we got a really strong chat here, so I, uh, I put a lot of faith in what you guys think. Um, I wanted to talk about Andrew Wiggins a little bit. We're going to move away from the impending financial collapse. And we're going to talk about Andrew Wiggins. So we're going to veer into the sports territory, but I'm going to make it a bigger uh, issue or topic that maybe people can, you know, have something to, you know, comment about that's a little more universal than just a sports thing. So backstory, Andrew Wiggins, is a Pisces. And when he came into the NBA, uh, the expectations of him were pretty enormous. He was an incredible athlete. He played at a very high level in college. His father, uh, Mitchell Wiggins, had played basketball in the United States, was a pretty good player. So, you know, he's got the uh, he's got the he's got the the bloodline. And he was, and what's interesting is he he took on a very. Let me give you a little uh, Andrew Wiggins uh, visual. So we'll do a little Wiggins visual here. And again, I'm going to try to make this a bigger topic of conversation. So Andrew Wiggins, um, when he came into the league, he was very highly touted. And he was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. And LeBron James was returning to Cleveland after he went to go share his talents. Uh, in Miami. And one of the first things he made the uh, Cavaliers do was trade Andrew Wiggins because he didn't want another young player on the team whose athletic ability could rival LeBron. The king did not want another potential king on the block. And so they traded him and LeBron um, said it was basically because we wanted a player who's ready to win now. So they got Kevin Love from Minnesota. So immediately, right, he plays the role of a Pisces. 
you know, he plays, you know, he's sacrificed. He sacrificed for love. I mean, literally, that's what happened. So he goes to Minnesota and he's um, playing in Minnesota. He never really quite lives up to his billing. He's very Piscean. Sometimes, some days he looked really great. Other days he looks lost. So it leads to him being traded two years ago to the Golden State Warriors for uh, D'Angelo. This is one of the weird trades in the NBA because D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins are born on the same day, a year apart, but the same day. So you have these you have these Pisces fish literally swimming in opposite directions. I swear to God, right? Wiggins is headed west. And Russell's headed to uh, east and north. I mean, it is the personification of the sign. So Wiggins goes to San Francisco, or uh, and they don't expect anything from him, right? He he doesn't have to be the star, and he winds up doing incredibly well. And in fact, he's probably the most valuable player on the team last year. They don't win the championship without him. Because he can do things that other players on the team can't do. He can defend the best player on the other team. He can score inside, outside. And he's really very, very talented. And early in the season, you may recall that he had extreme reticence about taking the vaccine. He was one of the few people in the NBA. I can put three of them on one hand. Kyrie Irving, Jonathan Isaac, and Andrew Wiggins. Oh, and Bradley Beal, four. Wiggins and Beal took the vax. Isaac and Kyrie didn't. And I remember when he had to try to articulate his reasons why. It was very painful. He's painfully shy, this guy. Painfully shy. And, and I can only imagine how his teammates pressured him. And they all got the J&J vax. They were on the record with that. Now, what's interesting about Wiggins is that earlier in the year, he got sick. And then he theoretically got better, and then he got sick again. So physically... He's been unwell this year. Like he's, he's not been able to stay on the court due to illness. He had an abductor strain. That's a different bit of an issue. But then, after he supposedly is healed from his abductor strain, he's no longer suffering from the effects of whatever illness has dogged him. He takes time away from the team for personal reasons. And people for about two weeks or they're, you know, they're kind of okay with it, right? They're like, okay, yeah. Prayers. I'm going to talk about the prayer part too. Prayers. Prayers up. Prayers for Wiggins. Prayers for Wiggs and his family. Now we're a month into this. And there's this interesting intersection, and I know a lot of a lot of people just like, well, fuck sports, whatever, right? But they're part of our culture, and there's this interesting intersection between the public and the private. 
And some people are like, hey, man, just leave the guy alone. Leave him alone. It's his private life. How would you like it if somebody was prying into your private life? Well, okay. So this is a very interesting discussion because Andrew Wiggins is kind of a public figure. Like when you play professional sports, and I'm not saying that you can't have a private life and you should, should be able to separate church from state. But when you play professional sports and Andrew Wiggins isn't just a role player. He's not the guy at the end of the bench. Like this guy is integral to the team. And if they want to quote unquote, win the chip again, they need this guy. The team knows it. The fans know it. I mean, that's how essential his role with the team is. So as the team struggles to you know, put together a, a reasonable stretch of games where they're winning, his absence looms larger and larger and larger because all people care about is them winning another ring. So the noise about his absence is getting louder and louder. And I talked about this on the show today, uh, Astro Weather, and there was a group of people, two guys who have a show in the Bay Area, and they asked a question about asking a question. Can we ask a question about asking the question about Andrew Wiggins? And there's this uh, female announcer in the Bay Area, and I actually I generally like this person, and she just shut him down. Like, shut him down. There's only one answer to that question, and that's no. Leave him alone. And I thought to myself, well, you know, this is really feminine energy. And there's nothing wrong with feminine energy. But it was almost like she was performing the role of like this Karen. And there's another woman in the Bay Area sports scene who's way more uh, vehement about this and is really uh, kind of a Karen on this issue. And it's like, well, why can't we ask the question about what's going on with this guy? It's a really interesting, for me, it's an interesting topic. It's like, who cares, right? There's bigger things. And I understand that, right? But now it's kind of entering into this realm around censorship and how people inside the media, like Kylan Mills, are, are performing the role of censor without Twitter or Facebook, or any other social media platform. Like, people are now being entrained to perform. Their, and this is not even a racially charged or gender charged situation. People are just asking, when is this guy coming back? And what's going on? Can we even ask? They were, and they were just asking the question about asking the question. And all of a sudden, the bots come in, but these are living bots who are shooting it down. So we can't even ask a question about asking the question. Do you see how entrained people have become? 
the front guard of censorship is driven by feelings. It's all driven by feelings. Whether those feelings are legitimate, whether they're manufactured, it's all driven by feelings. You don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings. You don't want to offend somebody. They're just asking a fucking question. That's all they're doing. So let's talk about the prayer part. Prayers, prayers, prayers. Our prayers go out to Andrew Wiggins and his family. Now, it's an interesting kind of thing because on the one hand, it kind of brings us into this Aquarian moment where everybody is doing one thing simultaneously. I mean, I'm not really, I'm not praying for Andrew Wiggins. I'm sorry. I'm not. And I don't, I, you know, I don't even really pray, to be honest with you. I mean, there are moments, there are times where I do and I have. I just think there are other people better at it than I am. But if I felt like there was something just immensely tragic going on with this guy, I would certainly hold a little space for him. Like, actually, if you wanted to pray for the dude, you probably should have prayed for him to stay strong and not take the fucking vax, okay? That was a moment where he needed your prayers. Would people have prayed for him for that? No. But now it's all about prayer for wigs, right? Then I'm thinking to myself, well, that's nice. Well, we prayed for Damar Hamlin. Where's he been lately? And now we're praying for Andrew Wiggins. But the last time I checked, there are some things going on in this world that might be a little higher on the hierarchy of prayer. I'm just saying. A little higher on the hierarchy of prayer. And I could take any piece of low-hanging fruit. Like, praying that um, we flush our system of the uh, of the archons who who like to cross dress and run our financial institutions into the ground or at least engage in programs that are feel good programs that give them a high ESG score while they're emptying out the vaults, right? I mean, could we pray for something like that? Could we pray for their dismissal, their exorcism, their being relocated beyond the Pleroma? Could we pray for that? Could, could, could we pray for truth to emerge? as a victorious kind of moment in our lifetime? Can we pray for that? I mean, let's face it. There are some, there are some bigger issues at stake. Can, can we pray for, for people who are completely and utterly fucking lost and are scrounging around the streets of San Francisco or Seattle or Los Angeles or Austin 
looking for their next fentanyl fix. Can we pray for them? No, let's pray for Andrew Wiggins. Because he needs our prayers. Now, maybe he does, right? But it's like, if you're going to mobilize people, come on. Let's let's kind of put things in priority here. Let's get our priorities straight. Andrew Wiggins has made a shit ton of money. A shit ton of money. Now, money doesn't always make you happy. Obviously, something's got this guy. And he's unable to perform. There are rumors. There are rumors that there are things that are going on between his his uh, the mother of his kids. And I don't really want to get into them. They're rumors and speculation. And if they're true, I'll go on record and say, I don't think that's a reason to stop playing basketball or doing your job. That's just me. I'm kind of old school, if they're true. Now, one of the things that people don't want to talk about, and again, this is, you know, I'm dealing with like perception, reality, ideas, and delusion. Okay. So people will say, well, the fans don't need to know. They don't need to know. He, he, he has the right to a private life. Well, I agree. I agree with that. But who pays the salary? And people say, well, the Golden State Warriors pay a salary. No, the Golden State Warriors write his check. If you don't have people showing up in their brand new arena, paying upwards of $3,500 for a really good seat, this guy's not playing basketball. Or maybe he's playing for another team. Who knows, right? So, you know, the fans actually pay for his salary. They buy his jerseys. The Golden State Warriors just write the check. And if you're a fan, and again, just indulge me a little bit. And this guy is theoretically integral to the success of the team. And you buy that ticket. That $1,500, $2,000, which is nuts, by the way. I wouldn't do it. Unless I was rich. If I was really, really stinking rich, I might do something like that just because I could. You're investing in watching that team excel. You're not paying $3,500 a ticket to watch a shitty-ass team. I'm sorry. And they've been kind of shitty-ass this year. At some point... As a major season ticket holder, you want a return on your investment, which is your ticket, which is your entertainment experience. It's so funny how they just kind of eliminate that whole portion of the equation. It's really just about him and his family and warriors and their teammates and their management. And shut the fuck up and pray. And I know there are much bigger things in the world, but I think it's an interesting issue. And unless he comes back soon, it's going to get bigger. I'm telling you, it's the same. and we're in Pisces season, right? And the guy, the guy has rights to his privacy. I'm not going to clearly. I'm not going to deny that. But when you have an ongoing level of secrecy like this, it's only going to make things worse. People are curious, right? Just tell them. Tell, hey, look. If he's hurt, if his kid's got cancer, 
like, and I've heard this, let us know, we can support it. We're here for him. I think it's great that you're here for fucking athletes that make a shit ton of money. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And Wiggins is not a bad guy. He's, you know, he's never gotten in any trouble. You know, he's he's, he's uh, never punched his teammate like Draymond Green, another Pisces, by the way. So he's not a bad dude, right? I mean, if somebody's kind of, you know, worth an investment in prayer, you you want to plug it into somebody who's a decent person. And from everything I've seen about him in his life, he he checks those boxes. But I just think it's a bizarre phenomenon and people are investing, you know, their prayer power on somebody that they don't even know, although they think they know, somebody that they care about because they have an emotional relationship with the team and somebody that's got a shit ton of money who can theoretically um, bide their way or bide their time through their problems. You know, what did Tony Robbins say? Money won't solve your problems. When you're going through them, it'll help you go through them in style. I mean, I think that there's some truth to that. So I just wanted to kind of bring it up because the part that bothers me is the part where now all of a sudden, you know, we, we have the social media cops who are telling us, well, you can't talk about this. You can't ask the question. And from what I can tell, they look a certain way, right? And Jason Whitlock has brought this up before with ESPN. And their ESPN, like for a long time, you would have these discussions mostly with men in sports. And then they would put women in. And then the women were there for a number of reasons. One, it would show that they were progressive. Oh, look, we have a woman here. We have a woman on our on our team, right? But he made a really astute observation. And men like to get into it, right? They'll talk shit. You know, men don't have a problem generally like, well, you know, fuck you. What about this? What about this? What about this? And Jason made this, this um, uh, observation that when the men would get into heated arguments and start to bring things up, the women hosts on the show would come in and they they would intercede and they would change the topic of the conversation and in many cases they they would bring in um emotional content or an emotional quotient and maybe sometimes it would be relevant but in a lot of a lot of ways a lot of times they were there to diffuse any kind of real conversation that could take place and that's what i'm i'm seeing kind of in the social media world you know, where I would say the social media Karens are saying you can't talk about it. And they and again, the, the two people that I'm referring to happen to be women like they're shutting it down. You know, it's an it's an emotional, emotionally charged issue. You can't even go there. And I think this is how we've been entrained. And we can't talk about these things. Yeah, we should be able to talk about them. You should be able to ask a question about asking a question. And if you can't, what kind of world are we living in? And I hope the guy sorts his shit out, you know, as a human. But at the end of the day, 
people want to know. People want to know. And, and I think what's going to happen, if it ever comes out, there's going to be judgment around it. Because unless this thing is life-threatening, really, everything is subjective. You know, I mean, different people have different ways of, of dealing with things. But I do know that there are cases and instances. I remember this guy, Stan Javier, who played for the for the Oakland A's. His mother died really close to his mother. And he he played. And this guy was on fire for the rest of the season. It was supernatural. And I remember watching him like, holy shit. Like, this guy's at another level. He played through the – Brett Favre, his father died, has one of the greatest Monday night games in history, goes out and plays. He, he was doing stuff – I don't know how it was done. Supernatural is the only word that they can come up with. So there are instances of people playing through things, you know, that are – that have taken to another level. And there are other instances where it hasn't happened. And who was the, the ice skater? whose sister died and he went out and tried to ice skate and he completely fucked up, right? That was a case where he probably shouldn't have skated. So it's all very subjective. But I guarantee you, you know, if and when this thing comes out and it's not life-threatening, there's going to be a whole chorus of uh, opinions chiming in on Andrew Wiggins. All right, thanks for being here. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow over on YouTube for a great edition the Friday forecast with our good friend Mark, um, Mark S from Canada. Don't miss it. You you may even have a chance to have your own what I would call soul caricature done during the show. So please tune in for that. Have a great day. Use your head in order to so much real your heart to set what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix, and bye for now. <laughs>